0: I'm filling in for Joe on the announcements this morning. Um, He's preaching at Glassy Chapel this morning, so we have George Strait here with us, and he's going to preach, and he did such a good job in the early service, so I know he'll do a great job in this service too. We have an exploring membership class every first Sunday of the month at 10 a.m., but next Sunday, since it's July 4th weekend, it's going to be pushed back to July 10th. Please come if you want to meet other newcomers, learn more about Memorial or the United Methodist Church. We, oh, this is that's not the right service. I'm sorry. Um, we have a program council meeting today. It's directly following directly following this service, and it's in the FLC this time. And then we have a new church staff member, and Kenna Owens is going to introduce her.
1: Good morning. I am so pleased and happy to introduce our newest staff member. This is Erin Knight. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about her. I think you've seen her. Uh, Joe has introduced her a couple of times in each service. I wanted to do a formal introduction now since she has started. As a child, Erin attended First United Methodist in Easley, and she was confirmed by George Drake which makes her very special to us, very special. Her husband is David, she has two children, Luke and Claire. She comes to us after spending 13 years at Upstate Forever, most recently as their land trust director. She has volunteered at every level of children's ministry and music at Buncombe Street United Methodist Church. She has longed for the opportunity to serve children as her career in ministry. Now, she began working here last Monday, and she's going to have three major responsibilities in our church. Number one, her uh, number one responsibility is to be the director of children and family ministries, ministries. Now, this position was last held by Katie Jeter. We are so grateful to Leanna Morris, who has been serving as our interim, as she gave us the time that we needed to hire the very best person. Her second priority is going to be the director of children's choirs. Now this position was last held by Cindy Davis, and we are very grateful to Renessa Fernander for helping us during our Vacation Bible School Week. Erin's final priority is, is going to be a first for our church. She is going to be church administrator. She's going to help us reserve our spaces on our campus. She's going to secure our children, and she has already um, improving our online structure. Joe feels this is going to be very important for us in the upcoming months. and she in just the week that she has been here, she has already established the ability for you to give online. So I would like for you to please welcome Erin.
2: Thank you. It is wonderful to be here. And sometimes I think, not why did I choose to take this job, but why did it take me so long to enter children's ministry as a career? And the other aspects, children's choir is close to my heart. And the church administration portion is very close to what I've been doing. So I feel like I can apply some skills right away. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you. I've only been here a week, but I already don't feel like I'd don't belong at Memorial United Methodist. You've all made me feel supported, and I can see my place here very clearly. I already have a three-page to-do list, so I will not be bored, um, generated by myself and and Joe. But um, I did just want to say thank you. Um, This does feel to me like a calling, and I am glad to be answering that call and hope to involve as many of you as are interested in children's ministries in the weeks and months and years to come. Thanks a lot. Thank you.
3: Please stand, if you're able, as turn to page 641 as we sing together, Fill My Cup, Lord. Please join me now for the affirmation of faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker
4: of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit,
3: born of the Virgin Mary, suffered in the Pilate, was crucified dead and buried. The third day he rose from dead, he ascended into heaven, and, and sinned the You can read seated and invite the children to come forward for the children's moment.
0: really hot outside right is it hot out there yes um do you know a lot about where jesus comes from is it really really cold there maybe warm a little um it is hot and it is really really dry so one day jesus was taking a long journey and he got kind of tired so he sat by a well and uh, he didn't have anything to get water up from the well. So a lady walks up, and she had a bucket. Do you think it's bigger or smaller than this one? Mm, Nah. I think it'd be bigger, because she needs a lot of water for her family, right? Um, Okay, so Jesus... um, Asked her for some water because he was thirsty. And she asked him um, back then, Jews and Samaritans, she was from Samari- Samarita- Samaria, um, they didn't get along very well. Um, and he asked her for water and she wanted to know why he was asking her for water. Um, and he told her that this water that you have will make you thirsty again but I have water for you that you'll never be thirsty again for um when someone says living water what do you think that means when I think of living water I think of the ocean I think of um, all the fish and um, all the seaweed and all the living animals in the water. Um, But living water means the spirit that's within us um, that we have from knowing God. Um, And okay, let's pray. Um, Pray after me, okay? Okay. Thank you,
4: God. Thank you, God.
0: For giving us Jesus. For giving us Jesus. Jesus. And giving us living water.
4: And giving us living water.
0: So that we won't be thirsty again.
4: So we won't be thirsty again. Okay.
3: pages come now and we'll recognize our graduates good
5: um, we just have well it's not a few there's a good many graduates here we recognized um, some of them in the nine o'clock service but we wanted to get both the services so that everyone could hear all the accomplishments because um, there's a lot of Super smart people in this congregation have a lot of degrees, and it's awesome. Um, So I just want to, I'm going to read off the names just so we can recognize them. Um, And then I'll ask you, if you're here, to please come forward. And we have a gift for you, Leanna will give you. Um, And then just stay here, and then I'll ask the congregation to give them a little round of applause. So we have Kayla Bryant. um, She graduated from Blue Ridge High School. Sydney Markham, she also graduated from Blue Ridge High School. Um, Emily Brooks, graduated from Duke University. Philip Lewis Von Camper, graduated from North Carolina A&T. Stephen Kiff from Clemson University. Emily Morris from the University of South Carolina. Samantha Wickliffe from the University of South Carolina. Mary Beth Powell from the University of South Carolina. Anna Griffin from Mississippi State University School of Veterinary Medicine, Medicine and Luke Cannon from the University of South Carolina. So, if you guys would just give them a little round of applause.
6: Our scripture lesson is Psalm 63, verses 1 through 5. If you'd like to follow along, it's on page 899 of your Pew Bible. A psalm of David when he was in the desert of Judah. O oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my body longs for you, in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips my mouth will praise you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
3: join me now as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of life. We're grateful for the opportunity to come this morning and worship you. We pray for all those who are suffering, for those who are struggling with cancer, with illness. Give them hope Be near to them, we humbly pray. We pray, O Lord, for our country as we go through difficult times. We're aware that there are floods in the east and fires in the west. So many need so much. Lord, be merciful to your people. We pray for our community, that we might grow in our love and in our service to you and to others that we might give to the hungry not only bread for the body, but we ask that you give them bread for the soul. We thank you today for our graduates. We thank you for your watch care and your guidance along the journey of their life. Help them as they move on to a different stage. Help them not to forget you. May they continue to rejoice in your love and your guiding light in Jesus Christ. You've heard the prayers that we have lifted as we've gathered here this morning, because we know that you're a God who cares for each of us. We pray now for forgiveness of our sins. Forgive us, we ask, as we seek to be your people. Have mercy upon us, we humbly pray. We ask that now in the name of your Son, our blessed Lord Jesus, who taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Will the ushers come forward now and receive your gifts, our tithes and our offerings. The scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of John from the fourth chapter. I'll read the first 15 verses. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard Jesus is making and baptizing more disciples than John, although it was not John himself but his disciples who baptized, he left Judea and he started back to Galilee. But he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to town, to city, to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share their things in common with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that's saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, You don't have a bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestors, Jacob, who gave us this well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink at the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give them will become in them a spring of water gushing up into eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty or have to come, keep coming here to draw water. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. weeks ago, Harriet and I were on our way to the beach to spend some time with some friends. It was a a time that we looked forward to for a long time. We'd planned it last fall, and because of the the rain and the floods that came in there, uh, we were not able to go, and so we were on our way to be with our friends for another time together. But that morning, nothing seemed to go right. Now, I don't know whether you have times like that, but it, that morning it just seemed like everything just happened. We just couldn't get off. And, and when we did get off, we were late, and we'd adjusted in our minds about how long it was going to take, and we never were going to make it for lunch, and we'd be lucky to be at the beach at, at supper time. Do you catch the feeling? I mean, We were on our way, and we were doing the best we could. We were hungry, we stopped a little while in Columbia, and we drove on, we were going up Interstate 20 toward Florence, we passed three, got on 95, and we're going on up, and we turned off, and said, let's stop and, and, and get some gas and go to the bathroom, and so we did. Uh, After that, I I was standing there, and Harry came out of the bathroom, and and I had noticed that there was a, 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 a Wendy's on my right there, right in the gas station, and I said, would you like a Frosty? Now, that's a bad question to ask anybody. And so she said yes, and so we went in into the little restaurant, it was, I don't know, 1 o'clock, 1.30, it was later, and, and all, all of a sudden, somebody, we were standing in line ready to order our two Frosties, and all of a sudden, a, a huge man came up behind us, and he said, you, you don't have to, you never know who you're going to see when you're a long way from home, and it was Harriet's nephew, Robert from Orangeburg, he and his son were on a business trip. They'd been to the beach. They were on their way home. They'd stopped to eat. They were finished eating, and he noticed Ann Harriet there. And so he wanted to speak. He said, y'all, we've eaten, but y'all come over and sit down. So we sat down, and we stayed with him a while, and we talked. And as we, we drove on, we were later... You, you, you know, the time is, is getting later all along, and we were, were moving along, and, and I said to Harry, you know, it's a funny thing how things happen, isn't it? That had we been on our schedule, we would have missed Robert and, and, and Hector. We would not have seen them. Had we not stopped at this one, had we gone, let's go to McDonald's across the street, and we would have missed them. And, and I thought all of these things, that, that this is a chance meeting that happened because we really hadn't planned to get a Frosty, and, and we hadn't planned to, to stop, but we did. I think that I want you to see this morning that sometimes in stories that happen in your life and mine, what we call chance meetings are not always just chance meetings. The meeting of Jesus and this woman at the well. It is clear to me that this Samaritan woman did not expect to find anybody at Jacob's well at noontime. This was not the time that people came to a well to draw. A chance meeting is one of those where it's unscheduled, it's not something you, you, it's a coincidental kind of thing, it's against all odds kind of thing. Uh, when I was working on this sermon, I, I, I began to think about all of the chance meetings that have happened in my life. And you might want to think about some of those that have happened in your life. I thought, for, for example, of when I was a 19-year-old student i 'd gone off to University of Houston. It was my first week there. I was four hundred miles from home i 'd left all of the people that I knew for the most part. I was in a new school and, and I was in a new dorm, a new roommate, all of those kind of things and I remember well walking across the campus, coming home from a class, a sign, a cardboard sign that said, welcome, Methodist students. Come to a gathering on Thursday night at 7 o'clock. And I went. And at that meeting, that we had a good time with some fellow Methodists. And the man who was the Wesley Foundation director, the minister, George Avant, said to us, why don't you come on Sunday now to Sunday school? I'm teaching the college class on Sunday. and And so I went. And, and I met students and I met George Avant and all of a sudden my life was changed and it was because of that, and I don't have time to tell you all of it, but because of that I answered the call of God while I was in my last year of pharmacy school. Now I, I, I point these things out because what would have happened if I had not seen that cardboard sign that said, Welcome, Macedus, come to a, a meeting on Thursday night at 7 o'clock. It, it's amazing to me of these things that happen. Sometimes they seem to be coincidental and I wonder if they really are. I, uh, I told in the first service that, about Katie. The likelihood of meeting a Greek girl in a small town without a stoplight is, is not likely. But there again, as a, in my f- first year of, of this, you know, at this church, I accepted this church and I was preaching there. And they had invited me to come to a revival service in the spring where a, a, a preacher was going to be preaching. And, and so that we did some things with the Baptist in our community, and so I went. And at that meeting I met Katie, who was a, a girl from Greece who was at, at Furman University, and she was leading the singing in this revival, uh, and, and her friend was playing the piano. And, and I won't make the long story short, I'll tell it all I guess, but it was because I met Katie, that I, I met my wife, Sue. She said, I don't want to date you myself. <laughs> and I look back, and, and while that, that, would have, that would not have been a blessing... <laughs> for her or for me but the fact of the matter is that she she said I know someone at Furman that I think you'd like and so we set up a time and I went back and and my date was was Sue Spearman who became my wife of 38 years Now you say well suppose I don't want to go to a Baptist church in a revival but I did. And because of that, I met someone. Now you say, well, I, these are just the chance meetings. There are a lot of them that have happened in my life, and I'm now aware of the fact that many of these things I thought were coincidental that just happened. I, I believe they were not. In today's scripture, we see uh, that the word was spreading about Jesus and baptizing and making more disciples. And and here, Jesus felt for whatever reason that he needed to go and leave the area. And so he did. He was leaving Judea. If you look at Palestine, the, the top of it would be Galilee, and then the bottom of it would be Judea. And in between was that area that in between was Samaria. And Samaria was a place that no one wanted to go. It was, it was not a, a, a great place for people. It was, was not not uh, friendly to some people. Now, in verse 4, it tells us that Jesus had to go through Samaria. And why he had to go through, I don't know. But it was near the plot of ground where Jacob's well was. And Jacob's well was a well that was given to his son Joseph. And it was about noontime. And normally when I think about noontime meetings, I always think about eating. Do you? Yeah, you know, most of the meetings that I've had at noontime, there's something to eat. And, and this was not so. There was this centuries-old fight that was going on between the Jews and between the Samaritans. The Jews didn't like the Samaritans. Samaritans because they had had intermarried in the exile the Samaritans didn't like the Jews because they looked upon them with suspicion and that's kinda the story of what was going on and so if you get this picture here is this Samaritan woman who comes to draw water from Jacob's well and there is Jesus sitting there and what does he say he says give me a drink and she could have ignored his request But she says to him, "Yeah, what are you doing here? Don't you know this is Samaritan country? Don't you know the rules around here that Jewish men don't speak to women out in public? Then in in verse 10, Jesus says, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, she said, you don't have anything to to draw with. You you don't even have a rope. This well is over a hundred feet deep. I've read where some of the scholars think that that she was talking about some kind of a stream of running water. But whatever she was thinking, having some water where she wouldn't have to come to this well to drink was a good sounding thing to her. Now in your heart and mind, I believe there's a thirst for something more than we have. We're we're thirsty for something that only Jesus Christ can bring. Sometimes we find ourselves unhappy. We ask questions about our lives. Uh, Where are we going? Why are we here? Why is this happening to me? What can I do? The psalmist in Psalm 42 said that, he says it clearly, as the deer longs for the flowing stream, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. St. Augustine said, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord. Our hearts are restless until they find rest in thee. And Jesus is telling this unnamed Samaritan woman that everyone who drinks from the water, that, that, that this water will be thirsty, but those who drink from the water that I'll give will never be thirsty again. And in verse 15 that we close with, said, she said, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to come here again. And all of this conversation took place because Jesus asked a simple question. He made a simple request. Would you give me a drink? A second request Jesus made is not as well received. He said to the woman, go call your husband and come back. And of all the things he could have asked of her, uh, that's probably one of the things she didn't want. For him to ask for it, it made her aware of the fact that she had a greater need than she had made known. She was in need of a changed life, but she didn't know how. She said, Sir, I I don't have a husband. This is a clever answer because when you give a clever answer like this, you're really telling half-truth. It's like the man that uh, the judge told me came before him And they were having a domestic dispute, and he said to the man, are you married to this woman? And he didn't want to tell the judge honestly, so he said, no, sir. said, we've just sort of set up light housekeeping. The fact of the matter is we, we try all different kinds of things, white lies, whatever you want to call it, but we don't necessarily tell the truth. And when she said, I have no husband, Jesus said, you're right. You're right that you said you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands, and the man you're not living with is not your husband. Now, I, I can imagine that this lady may have married very young, and the marriage didn't work out. And so she married again and again, hoping that the next one, Would be the one. And the next marriage never brought that satisfaction she needed. She was passed from man to man. She was likely snubbed by her neighbors and and the and the ditch got deeper and deeper, the rut in which she was. But we see an abrupt change in her attitude. In in Jesus. Has stated those things about her life she didn't see how anybody could know and he knew and and so she asked the question "I, I perceive sir that you must be a prophet to know all these things and then she tries to involve him in some kind of religious discussion and it is in this religious discussion that Jesus reveals to this woman this unnamed Samaritan woman that he is the Christ the Messiah for whom they've been looking Now, it's important to me that he made this revelation not in a synagogue, not before kings and queens, not to socially prominent people, but this needy woman who was there at the well at noon. And I wonder, if you and I met Jesus today in our devotion, wherever we are, what question would he ask you? What question would he ask me? Might he ask, What are you doing with your life? Are you satisfied with how things are going? Are you missing something? Is there something you want to tell me? Is there some sin you want to confess? I know. I know that now today, just as before, that Jesus wants to give us the living water, the water that will bubble up within us and we'll be able to to feel his presence and have that life that's abundant. But the change that comes after confrontation, uh, it, it doesn't always come, it often comes. This woman wanted that water and she was so excited about what she'd heard as she asked for the water that she ran off from the well and left her water jar there and she went back to the town where she was from and she said to the people come see a man who told me everything that I ever did can this be the Christ can this be the Messiah the transforming power of Jesus had taken place in her life She had a fresh hope. It's evident to me that that you don't go back to people that have snubbed you and have been ugly to you. She went back to, to tell them of her discovery. Remember that this woman had the bad reputation and now she was back with these people with a new hope. She was there with a sparkle in her eyes. She was there with a song on her lips. And that's what Jesus does. Again and again, Jesus brought change to people. The Apostle Paul on Damascus Road, when, when he said to, to Paul, you know, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Saul said, who are you? And he said, I am Jesus, wh- whom you persecute. And you know the story. You can read it in Acts, all about the Apostle Paul. Or Zacchaeus, if you look in the 19th chapter, Zacchaeus was up in that sycamore tree and Jesus came along and he said to him, when he reached that spot, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And the scripture says that Zacchaeus came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. Sooner or later, There'll come a time where you'll be confronted by Jesus, if you've not already been. There's a time that, 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 that we'll be acutely aware of our sinfulness. And it comes once, it comes again. We're aware, we're forced to see things about ourselves we'd rather not see. We acknowledge things about ourselves that we'd like really to forget. But it's only when we face our sin, it's only when we face our need of God Almighty that we're able to accept His abundant grace in this living water. There's so much we can learn from this beautiful story of Jesus. We can see the great transformation that comes how he comes into our lives and searches our hearts and you may have experienced that, I'm sure you have it's given you a freshing water, a new water the apostle Paul in 2nd Corinthians in in the 5th chapter, the 17th verse says, therefore if anyone is in Christ he or she is a new creation the old is passed away and the new has come After this Samaritan woman encountered Jesus, she wanted to share it with other people. She wanted to tell them what she had experienced. Is this not what it's about? Is this not what Christianity really is about? That you and I find we discover Jesus and then we want to tell everybody about Jesus and what he's done for us. It has nothing to do with having credit or earning anything. It has to do with sharing so that people can know what we know. You remember in the Gospel of John, the, four, the first chapter, the 40th verse, where, where Andrew uh, finds Jesus, and, he, and he, he's there with Jesus, and, and the first thing he does, after he went to find his brother Simon Peter, and then he told Simon Peter this, we have found the Messiah, and he brought him to Jesus. Isn't that what you and I are called to do? To to experience Jesus ourselves and then go and tell other people what we've discovered. That's what this nameless Samaritan woman did. She went back to town and told what she'd experienced. And the scripture, if you read on in that, and I'll let you read it at home, and I hope you will, in the fourth chapter of John, you'll find that the people said we first believed because of what you said. What we saw, the change in you. But now we believe because we have seen for ourselves. I, I think that this is what it's about. We sang this morning as we started this wonderful song, Fill My Cup. I, I read up on this song. It was done by a Methodist preacher who gra- graduated from Emory just a couple of years before I was there. He, his mother and daddy were missionaries to China. They came back to the America and they lived in several different places. They lived in Tryon, North Carolina. Uh, he was a minister, uh, Richard Blanchard was a minister in the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church. And, and this, this, we sang the chorus of the hymns, but I want to just read to you several of the verses, the, the lyrics, the words. Like the woman at the well I was seeking for things that could not satisfy, and then I heard my Savior speaking, Draw from my well that never runs dry. There are millions in the world who are craving the pleasures earthly things afford, but none can match the wondrous treasure that I find in Jesus my Lord. So my neighbor... If the things this world gave you leave hungers that won't pass away, my blessed Lord will come and save you if you kneel to him and humbly pray. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Oh, may Jesus fill your cup this day. Will you lift it up? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our hymn is number 399, Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated, Lord, to Thee.